It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Thursday episode of Locked On Raptors, it is draft day. And while the Toronto Raptors don't have a first round pick, there's plenty of intrigue swirling around. We're going to talk today about the latest on OG Ananobi and the Portland Trailblazers flailing attempt to potentially acquire him. We'll also talk about what I think the Raptors' final sort of plan and vision should be for the 33rd pick. And I'll tee up what you should be hoping to see for the Raptors from tonight in the final segment of the show. That's all coming up on today's episode of Locked on Raptors. Thanks for being here. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on welcome to episode number 1201 of locked on raptors for thursday june the 23rd draft day baby i'm your host sean woodley of raptorshq.com you can find me on twitter as always at woodley sean you can find the show at locked on raptors where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast you can also follow subscribe rate review on all your favorite podcast apps in audio form for absolutely free and go to youtube and also subscribe over there also for free it's just a big red subscribe button it's staring you in the face please go and subscribe it's much appreciated when you support the show lots of new subs lately and i love each and every one of you you're all my little uh youtube family and friends so thank you very much for supporting the show the way that you do okay on today's show it is draft day there are still reports flying around about how the portland trailblazers really really want og ananobi and guess what uh, so does everybody he's fantastic we're going to talk about those latest reports today and why i'm still pretty unmoved and unworried about what we are going to see from the raptors today we'll also talk about the the second round pick at 33 and kind of what i'm hoping to see with that maybe not specific players but more so just sort of a general mindset and skill archetype to be looking for um plus we'll do some final thoughts before things go and hey who knows maybe there's breaking news during the podcast and that would be fun as well as you recorded about 9 15 a.m eastern time here on thursday all right let's start with the og stuff there was a report last night from chris haynes just kind of out of the blue this was after the trade for jeremy grant for the blazers which to me already kind of signaled all right they might be out of the og business but apparently not as chris haynes tweeted, uh, you know, last night, something along the lines of, the Blazers are still aggressively pursuing OG with the seventh pick. 
Nothing about that there is a conversation going on here. No actual trade negotiation being, uh, you know, talked about. It's not like there's uh, both sides are working towards a deal language in there or anything like that. And you got to consider the source here. Like Chris Haynes, obviously very plugged in with the Blazers, obviously very plugged in with Damian Lillard. There's very clearly something coming from the Blazers to Chris Haynes to inspire this type of report. I can guarantee you the Toronto Raptors are not leaking to him saying, hey, yeah, we're, we're reading talks about the seventh pick for OG. It's not, you know, that's right on the table. That's obviously coming from Portland. And so you always have to consider at this time of year, and it's always a reminder where are these reports coming from? What's the agenda behind the different sort of lines that are sent to all of these insiders to go and tweet out? And to me, this feels like it's Portland trying to drum up some kind of bidding war for that seventh pick with other guys they might be after. So, you know, Lou Dort's been you know, thrown out there as a potential guy that they might be after in OKC. You've got John Collins, who's just like kind of the weird apple of everyone and no one's eye at the same time right now he's been out there it really does feel like it's sort of like a leverage play from the blazers side of things but it doesn't feel like a leverage play that's going to result in them getting og and anobi because what kind of trade negotiation is that where one side is openly declaring what they are offering and the other side is completely silent like that's not how these things work and so I'm pretty unmoved by that latest report by Chris Haynes. I don't think OG Ananobi is going anywhere today. And I will just reiterate, I think it would be stupid for the Raptors to trade OG Ananobi for anything less than an obvious upgrade to the roster. Because they're in a spot right now where they don't have to do anything. They don't have to be thrown around trades just for the sake of doing trades this offseason. They are in a enviable position they were ahead of schedule last season they've already kind of kick-started into this next competitive window ahead of when a lot of people thought they would but there's not the pressure to go and win a title next season or anything like that and there's also no pressure to like strip down and sort of reassemble around scotty barnes in a new timeline because there's no need for that because they have lots of very good players ranging from the ages of 28 to 20 that's how good basketball teams are made and why would you go and take away pieces from that specifically in og ananobi one of the most affordable under market and obviously valuable pieces that you have of this group going forward it would be stunning to me if the raptors after all they've said this year all they've talked about it's vision six foot nine we're going all in on defense and wing versatility and all of this stuff we would build the team out of the build the whole plane out of six nine guys if we could it would be stunning to me to see them move off of one of the very core pieces to that group after getting to see this team together for like maybe 40 games this season, more like 25 or 30, we kind of saw like the fully functioning Raptors this year. That's not at all a sample to go on as to whether or not the vision that you've kind of put together is going to work. And also, again, there's no need for them to press panic or anything like that. They're not under any contract duress or anything like that with OG. He's got two more years and then an option after that. They obviously have had a good relationship with all the guys they have in-house right now. And I know the reports were out there, the sort of rumblings were out there, way back when that first Jake Fisher report, like three weeks came out, about how OG might be itching for a bigger role with some other team. It should be noted, we haven't heard anything about that since then. This week, Bobby Webster downplayed that, said that's being overblown, we have a good relationship with OG. Obviously, he's going to say that, but... 
nothing else outside of that initial sort of rumbling from Jake Fisher, which he noted in that piece was probably coming from outside teams kind of projecting their desires for OG to be upset with his role in Toronto upon the Raptors as opposed to OG actually, you know, ag- agitating for any sort of move. Look, I, I think there's obviously got to be some sort of part of OG that would like a bigger role. That's what every player is wired for. You know, that that's just kind of how it goes. But I really can't imagine that it's that dire, a guy who was like fourth on the team in usage last year, a guy who has been a very obvious big forward-facing part of this team for many, many years now and figures to be that going forward as well, a guy who still has some potential upside to tap into, even if maybe his ceiling is one of the best role players alive. Oh, bother. What a a horrible thing that's going to be. The thing about OG is like, you know, with him, with the skill set he provides, with the things he does as like a third or fourth option, he's always going to be on good teams. He's always going to have a chance to win. He's always going to have a chance to, you know, be there in the postseason and things like that. That's just the way it is when you're that type of player who is essential to teams that win a lot of games and really drives that. And I just feel like, you know... Look, I'm not in OG, OG's head. Maybe there is, like, he's itching. He's He wants to be Jeremy Grant all over again and go and, you know, become the, the, the number one guy who averages 20 points a game on horrible efficiency and still gets paid to be number one guy and all that stuff. Like, sure, if you want to do that, go nuts, OG. Like, that's good, good for you. Great. I just don't really have never really seen OG be wired that way, I guess. It's sort of going off of what I've seen. Obviously, Scotty Barnes is like downplaying the whole thing on his Twitch stream and, and calling out Jake Fisher, which, look, Jake Fisher, I know lots of Raptors fans have kind of, you know, not enjoyed his work. I think Jake Fisher is actually one of the good reporters who, uh, you know, writes complete and full sentences and actually sort of gives context to the stuff he's he's got coming in. It's not just like willy-nilly reports like, oh, this thing's happening. He actually provides context of, oh, this could be coming from here and all that stuff. I think Jake Fisher's pretty good. And I don't think he was ever terribly unfair about the OG thing. Either way, it, it really does not seem like outside of that initial report, like anything has suggested the Raptors are reaching to move on from OG or that OG is agitating for a move. There's been no clutch sports. All right, we got to get OG out of here, sort of grandstanding or anything like that. And I feel like if you're a good agent, like you probably look at the Raptors and where they're going and the way that they always take care of their own guys and like trying to force your way out of a situation like that seems pretty bizarre. We haven't seen a member of the Toronto Raptors try to force their way out of the situation in a very, very long time because that's such like, like not the kind of franchise they are anymore. And so I don't buy it. I think OG will be a Raptor by the time the season comes, by the time the day comes to an end, by the time next season comes to an end, by the time 2025 comes to an end, barring some crazy superstar trade coming along where he's that outgoing piece. And again, that's sort of the last piece of this is once again, what is the incentive for the Raptors to go and get another child in the draft at seven, which is not historically a very good pick? You look back at what you get with seven, it's very hit and miss. And as Zach Lowe pointed out in his podcast this week, where he downplayed all this stuff as well, talking about the draft with Jonathan Cavoni from Draft Express and ESPN, you know, they both downplayed it, thought it, there wasn't really anything there to the OG agitating for a move or anything like that, and that the Raptors would be silly to make a trade for a guy the seventh pick, for example, who is surely going to be a less valuable player over the next five, six years than OG already is. Like, that is just, and none of it makes any sense to me. 
The Raptors, if they were sort of, if they lost a ton of games again last season, if things didn't go terribly well, if it looked like, man, this is going to be Scotty's show and everyone else is maybe, you know, fit to be moved on, then sure, then we can consider the whole OG trade thing. But they're not in that spot. They won 48 freaking games. They were the five seed. Five seeds don't trade otherworldly defenders who hit 40% of their threes and are one of the best role players in the NBA. That's just not how it works. And so I feel pretty comfortable in declaring that OG Ananobi ain't going anywhere on draft day. And hopefully that helps calm the nerves of Raptors fans because I know that's a big soft, you know, a big, big sore spot for people. People love OG as they should. He rocks. You would be silly not to love OG. You'd be silly as another GM to not want OG. But I just don't think it's something to be all that alarmed about right now. We're going to come back on the other side and talk a little bit about the philosophy with that second over, second round pick at 33. What I'm hoping to see the Raptors do with it. Before we get to that, though, however, let me tell you about our friends over at Arcade 1UP Boom Shakalaka. They've got big news. The one, the only NBA Jam is back, and Arcade 1UP is the leader in at-home retro arcade games. Is not only bringing you their best ever game back, but they have made it bigger and better than ever with a wait for it. Shack Edition Machine. We love NBA Jam here at Locked On Raptors. I love video games. You might hear me talk about video games on this podcast quite a bit because I love playing video games, especially a fun, arcadified sports game that is not realistic. It's not Madden where you have slow mechanics because you're trying to replicate what the human beings are actually trying to do. Give me like blood and explosions and items and all this stuff. That's what I want in a sports game. And NBA Jam is the progenitor of all the good sports games. Games. From NBA, NHL Arcade to Mario Strikers to any fun sports game you've ever played, NBA Jam is where it all started. So go and get yourself on to Arcade1Up.com and get yourself into the conversation. You can win yourself an NBA Jam machine. They're giving an NBA Jam Shack Edition machine to a locked-on listener. Enter for a chance to win a game console for your whatever it is, your games room, your office, your, your your basement, whatever. It could be your friend's house that you want to store it at because you, there's no room at your house. So you just want to stick it in their room because they have the space. Whatever it might be, you can go and get that NBA Jam machine to go on and enter the contest. Go to arcade1up.com slash locked on. That's arcade, the number one, up.com slash locked on. You've got till July 8th to enter to win the NBA Jam Shack Edition console. And they also have tons of great games that you can also buy as well over at Arcade1Up.com. you got NBA Jam, Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat, and more. This is the coolest sponsor we've ever had. Go and get yourself a machine and uh, go into that the contest to go and win the NBA Jam Shack Edition console as well at Arcade1Up.com slash LockedOn. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we continue on here with your pre-draft primer episode of Locked On Raptors, your first listen of the day, of course. Thank you for making that. So 
Let's uh, talk a little about where the Raptors are picking at 33, of course, and what I think the Raptors should be kind of looking for in that spot. We've had a lot of good guests on to talk about the draft in recent weeks. Yesterday, if you haven't listened, go listen to the Sam Ferris episode from Locked on NBA Big Board when we talked about a handful of guys. Caleb Houston, Andrew Nemhard, uh, God, Justin Lewis was in there, Jaden Hardy, Patrick Baldwin Jr. Lots of interesting names in there. And look, for me, with the second round pick, I don't like to pretend that I know what I don't know. I've said this before. This has probably made it like the, the least interesting draft podcast to listen to in the lead up, at least among Raptors podcasts, because like I just don't like to pretend that I have seen these guys in the flesh. I don't watch college basketball. I ain't got time for that during the regular season, man. And those of the people out there who do watch college basketball, I try to trust their opinions and go off what they say. As far as trying to figure out what the Raptors should do, I think you just got to sort of look at the team contacts, look at what they do, look at, you know, how they go about development and stuff like that. What are the positional needs? Look, you're not drafting for positional need necessarily at 33. This is a guy who's probably not going to be an impact player at the very least until 2022-23 or 23-24, 2022-23 is next season. And look, if you get a second rounder who's an effective player in the rookie in his rookie year, you have done amazing work. You have struck gold. You have done an incredible, incredible job as a management team. And maybe they do it. Like, it happens. Herb Jones was like an all-rookie player this season. He was fantastic. The Raptors have had luck with second rounders in the past, particularly Norman Powell, who, of course, was a playoff savior in his rookie season after spending the first half or so down in the G League. But it's not something that usually happens very quickly for second round players, even late first round players. We've still we're still waiting on Malachi Flynn to turn things around and figure things out as a pro. Right. So I wouldn't count on anything to you know change the fortunes for the Raptors this season. I think the guys who are going to determine the outcomes for the Raptors this year are probably already on the roster. If not, there's an MLE signing out there or, or a couple of you know minor signings, whatever it might be those guys might have a bigger impact this year. But, you know, this second-round pick is a play for the future. And so I'll reiterate what I've said this week. You know, considering everything, considering all the options, we talked about the sort of high upside, ooh, this guy could be incredible type guys, like Josh Minot, for example, with Memphis. I think that's an intriguing play. The Raptors wanted to go for someone like that. Obviously, you kind of just you know, say, benefit of the doubt, sure, they figured this out before. But I also kind of think I would like a guy who can just slot in between the guys who are already in the hierarchy for the Raptors and just be useful role players. Like, that's something the Raptors kind of feel like they are lacking, specifically guys who can shoot. And so if I'm looking at skills I want the Raptors to be targeting today, you know, big man skills are nice and all of that. I kind of think that's something you can address with the MLE or something you can address in-house with Precious Achua or Ken Birch getting back to full health next season if he's still on the team and all of that. I think they're kind of fine at center for what the purposes of next season are. If next year was a title contention season and you really needed to have all the different, you know, I's crossed and T's dotted and had to have matchup sort of contingencies for all these sorts of players you might come across in the postseason, then fine. I might say prioritize the center position a little bit more. But for me, I'm looking for guys who can slot in around what the Raptors are doing here and just be the benefactors of the very good players they already have on hand. Find guys who are good cutters and smart off-ball players who play a good floor game. Find guys who can hit catch-and-shoot threes, maybe a movement three or two. Wouldn't that be a novel concept for a Toronto Raptors shooter? Haven't had that since Danny Green was around. You know, that's the kind of guy that I'm looking for is someone who projects to be a very good gap filler in the future because the Raptors have the foundational pillars. They need the gaps in between filled. 
And a guy like OG Ananobi is a perfect example. Like you can draft a player with that sort of potential projected outcome as a player, and they can be incredibly valuable. That is what OG is. OG is a fantastic gap filler. He's an incredible cutter. He's a catch and shoot monster. You can run some offense through him in a pinch if you need to, but for the most part, he's going to be an excellent high efficiency play finisher. That's the sort of peak end of what you're looking for with this sort of role player target, you know, skill set type thing. You're probably not going to get an OG Ananobi at 33rd overall. Although that said, you know, this is a draft where there's a lot of fluidity between like 15 and 40, as we've talked about with our draft experts who've been on. And so there's a chance they get someone who, you know, can be, you know, a bit of a higher upside projection while also being someone who's maybe ready to play a little bit sooner, within a year, half a year, whatever it might be. So, yeah, I, I just think for me, those high upside plays, the super development long plays, that's nice. But I kind of think with the way this team is trending and the fact that if this team is really going to make some noise in the next couple of years, like you're going to want guys in place on cheap contracts who can play around the stars, right? And, and like I think the goal here is potentially hopefully Scotty Barnes can level up by year two or three to the point where you are actually a serious playoff heavy hitter. Maybe you're not a contender for the title or anything like that. Maybe that's a little bit further down the line, three, four, five years into Scotty Barnes' career. But there's nothing wrong with being a second or third round playoff team that has the potential to get lucky and you know have weird stuff happen and get into the finals. And all of a sudden, wow, I can't believe we're here. This happens, and this happened in recent years too. We've seen it with the Atlanta Hawks, and we've seen it with um, even the Dallas Mavericks, like these teams that maybe didn't seem like they were any great shakes or like super obvious conference finals contenders because of the way things break because there is some parity in the league right now there you can talk yourself into the raptors getting into that conversation soon and for me i would rather have guys who are ready to play when that time comes as opposed to guys you're still sort of massaging along and hoping that by the end of their rookie deal for example they're ready to be nba players you know, so, so Josh Minot, to me, while he's a pretty intriguing piece and, and the athleticism and like the block and a steal a game and like 14 minutes a game at Memphis are super intriguing. For me, I feel like that's maybe a, a thing that you do when you, you don't quite have a competitive window that seems to be kicking in quite, quite so soon. And I think that is happening here for the Raptors. And I'm looking for dudes who project to be very good role players because I think that is sort of a... It's a forgotten and uh, slept on value piece when you're building championship teams, right? Like not every, there's only one ball to go around. It's a cliche, but it's true. Not everybody can be a number one. Not everybody can be a number two. You have to find guys who can actually adopt to a role and excel there. And I, I think this is kind of what the Raptors should be looking for here is to sort of stuff the coffers of what the six through nine of the bench is going to be two, three years from now. That was such a big struggle for them last year. This feels like an opportunity to go for it there. And look, you know, you go for a higher upside guy. Maybe you feel the benefits of that three, four years from now when they're actually like, you know, kind of flirting with stardom or something like that. But the outcomes there are so slim in terms of likelihood compared to the, all the stuff that can go wrong with a highly developmental project like that. Give me the sure thing who's going to be a pro in the NBA for 12 years and average nine points and be a very effective role player who plays on good teams. That's kind of what I'm looking for. Um, and, and look, it's hard. The draft is very, very hard. and It's hard to figure out. There's no science to it. It's very artful and also sort of based on luck in a lot of ways and situation and what certain guys are wired like. That's sort of the great unknown thing, too, with guys is what what is this guy wired like? What is his whole sort of deal? Is he wired to be a, you know, a, you know, a team player who's going to, um, you know, a, 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 
like acclimatized to an off-ball role or something like that? Is he going to be a guy who works hard at improving summer over summer and sort of be a developmental project while also being someone who kind of has a high floor? It's very, very hard to pin, pin down what these guys are going to be. But for me, I want someone who in a couple years' time is going to be a valuable role player to this team and projects that like a very high floor, I guess, is kind of what I'm going for here. High floor... The ceiling is nice, but, you know, I'd rather someone who you can kind of pencil in to be a cheap option around what is going to be a pretty expensive team within a couple of seasons here. That's all I got for the sort of uh, draft philosophy stuff for now. On the other side, we will just get into sort of my final thoughts heading into the draft and what you should be hoping to see the Raptors do, which is kind of nothing. We'll get to that in just one sec, but a reminder that you can go and check out the Locked On Ultimate Mock Draft, which is a fantastic piece of content we put over the over the last week or so. All 30 picks in the first round made with analysis from our Locked On NBA Big Board uh, hosts as well as Ryan McDonough, the former GM of the Suns. Brian Scalabrini's on there as well. It's really, really well edited and put together. Go and check out the Ultimate Mock Draft wherever you get your podcasts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we are going to round things out here and just quickly touch on what I'm hoping to see the Raptors do tonight. And frankly, I hope the Raptors do nothing tonight. I hope they are boring tonight. I hope they make their pick and get the hell out of there at 33 and don't do anything else. Honestly, this feels like to me a real shuffling the deck chairs type of draft to me in like the free agency period, which which really is, it's kind of being reported that the draft is what a lot of people are viewing as their free agency because there's not a lot of cap space out there right now. Um, but to me, like the guys who are available this offseason, the guys who seem like they're going to move teams, John Collins, Miles Turner, OG Ananobi, I guess, even if uh, I don't think that's that's happening in any way, the guys who are out there really feel to me it does feel a little deck chair shuffly. These teams that are just trying to figure out a better mix than what they have already, there's not really anyone out there who's going to change the landscape of the league unless Kevin Durant demands a trade because Kyrie Irving's not coming back to Brooklyn. I don't see there being any sort of landscape-altering move, especially since Bradley Beal, the really big free agent, I guess in, in addition to Zach Levine, who probably is going back to Chicago, like, there's not that much in terms of like, all right, this is something where you want to be in the mix because whoever emerges the winner of this offseason is going to be on the top of the pecking order going into next season. That does not feel like this, this is what it is. We got so many teams that are coming back next season fully loaded from injury and all that stuff. Lots of really, really good teams at the top of the league next year. This doesn't feel like a year where the Raptors have to go and try to put themselves at the top of that list because it's pretty unattainable at this point. And they are better off. I've made this analogy before. Let it marinate, baby. Give it some time. Give it some, like, TLC. Stick it in the fridge overnight. Maybe two nights, damn it. Like, just let it let it ride. See what happens with this team that we barely even know what it is yet. Scotty Barnes is 20 years old. Won't be 21 until just before the season. We have no idea what his second season is going to look like. 
you'd be really pissed if you like maybe trade off traded off OG thinking, well, maybe Scotty Barnes isn't really going to be a star player till year four or five. Maybe this is a time to sort of reset things a little bit, move on from OG, get another young pick to throw into the mix. And all of a sudden, if Scotty Barnes comes out next year and is averaging 21, 8, and 7, uh, you're sitting there like, oh, well, wow, we probably shouldn't have moved on from OG because this team is a lot more ready than we thought it might have been. There's still time to figure out what this team is. There's not a huge contract burden hanging over the team. Gary Trent Jr. is kind of the big one. It seems like Fred Van Vliet's going to get extended at some point this summer. And as I've argued, that it should absolutely happen. He should be getting extended this summer. For me, today should be about letting everyone else shuffle their deck chairs, let the Hornets go get Miles Turner, let the Kings go do what the Kings are going to do, let the Blazers try to pursue all these players and move on from their pick and all that stuff. The Raptors are good to chill. They are good to hang. They are good to not get caught up in any of this right now because they are in a super enviable position. They don't have their first round pick this year, but they have all of their firsts after this year. They have all of these guys on really good contracts or at the very least movable contracts. Gary Trent Jr. being the one sort of up in the air one with the option after next season. You've got young players like Scotty Barnes and Precious Achua who are surely going to improve. You've got Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet who are both all-stars. Siakam's an all-NBA player. Like, there's a lot going for this team. This feels to me like if the Raptors were to go and upset the apple cart and fix what's not broken, we don't even know if what's broken yet. Like, it's so early in this run and this sort of competitive window. But it really feels to me like like a very Colangelo type thing to go and just make a trade for the sake of making a trade because you're getting itchy because you don't like stasis. This is a year for just relaxing if you're a Raptors fan and the draft should be fun. I'm looking forward to the 33rd pick. I love the sort of the watching the guys fall down the board. I don't love seeing guys fall down the board, especially if they're in the green room. That sucks for them. But if there's a good player out there falling to 33, you get excited. Oh my God, they're going to get him at 33. Then they take their guy and then you're done. You can maybe buy a late second round pick if you want to, whatever you want to do. I don't care. As long as the Raptors aren't doing anything too, too crazy outside of, hey, some star says all of the sudden, on all of the sudden, that's not the word, all of a sudden on draft night, some star says, I got to get out of here now. I can't believe my team drafted this guy. Trade me away right now. Like, unless there's a superstar trade out there, which there ain't right now, there is no need for the Raptors to get an itchy trigger finger on this. They can relax. They are in a position where patience can actually be rewarded, which is not a thing that happens very often in the NBA. It's so fast-paced. Things change so much. You should really relish the opportunities that you get when things don't have to change and where you can just chill, let it ride, and not have to worry about altering things because the the shifting dynamics of the league force it uh, upon you. So it's kind of my final two cents on the draft. It should be fun. I look forward to it. If anything big does go down, I'll be doing a live show after the draft tonight. Um, if there's nothing huge, if it's just the second round pick is made, which I expect will be the case, I'm just going to do a Friday morning podcast to recap it all. Hopefully get someone who covered whoever the Raptors draft on the show tomorrow. That'll be a bit of a short turnaround, so no guarantees there, but that will be Friday's episode if nothing crazy happens. If something does go down, if there is an OG trade or something like that, then I will hop on a live show just after it's made later on tonight on the Locked On Raptors YouTube channel. So go subscribe there, get the notifications in case that does in fact happen. With that, we're going to round it out. Thank you so much. 
for tuning in, and uh, we will talk to you again after the draft in some way, shape, or form. Really looking forward to it, and uh, enjoy the draft. The draft's fun. Watch other teams have to sort of like jockey for their futures. It's a beautiful thing. It's so nice not having to be at the top of the lottery worried and stressed about what's going to happen anymore. It's really, really nice. That one year was cool. They got Scotty Barnes. I never want to do it again. Anyway, thank you. Go make your second list at Locked On NBA Big Board to get the latest on. They got mock drafts. They got all the prospect analysis and great, great stuff over there. Locked On NBA Big Board with our friends Sam Ferris and Raphael Barlow and a whole other cast of crew. So go check it out. And we'll talk to you again after the draft. Another episode of Locked On Raptors. Bye bye. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.